Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wondrich. Hello. Welcome. We have a very special guest. There are three of us in the room today, um, all the way from the West Coast. We're able to pull Jeffrey Morgenthaler here. Um, Hi, guys. Welcome. We have a copy, or actually a stack of your books on the table, Drinking Distilled, which just, which just came out... Um, not even a month ago, I guess. So. April 10th. Yeah, about a month. When And is this something, this is your second book? It's my second book, yep. Bar book, uh, Elements Cocktail Technique was first, and this one, Drinking Distilled, is number two. Totally different book, you know. Yeah. I thought that maybe I would try this, like, serious book, fun book, serious book, fun book, serious fun book thing. And the fir- first book was mostly aimed at professional bartenders and, like, serious and, and home yeah. bartender. Yeah, anybody yeah. that wants to make a drink is right. who that was aimed at. You know, uh, it was it was intended to be as professional as possible, but not just aimed to right. professionals. This one is definitely a little bit of a different track, right? I mean, totally. It's for drinkers. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not the people yeah. that make the drinks. It's for people right. that drink the drinks. What we're talking about today is sort of rules for drinking, right? Rules yeah. for drinking and craft cocktail bars and... You know, a lot of elsewhere what, and elsewhere and, yeah, and, and home and, and home. Yeah. Right. And, and I think a lot of what's in the book is 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 about that. That's sort of the general theme of the book. And it's, I'd say one part instructional, one part satirical. And yeah, there's a lot of shit talking in there. Yeah, yeah for sure. There has to be when you're making rules. Yeah. And, and, and there has to be when you're talking about drinking. Yeah. I think you yeah. Know? it's like I, I don't I've never approached drinking with some sort of like, you know, holier. Owl. My first. Drinks book was this thing called Esquire Drinks, and we put a whole bunch of actual rules in there, like rule number 428. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, uh, some of them were pretty dumb. Some and, of them were, it seemed like they were kind of satirical as well. Yeah. Because I, of course, researched that for this. <laughs> and that was an Esquire thing. Like, always, yeah. like, you yeah. know, there were all types of rules yeah. about, you know, and I can imagine people, you know, in the middle of the night would wake up and be like, oh, like light oh, bulb, shit. like yeah, when you yeah, write that yeah, down in the morning, yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. is a really good rule. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, one of them was like never uh, drink anything named after a part of your body normally covered by underwear. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Which at the time was it was still uh, probably holds up. Yeah. Still holds uh, up. a fairly good rule if you want to be treated seriously right. as an adult. And that was the concern now back I'm then. sitting here trying to think of every drink I know <laughs> besides the slippery nipple, or right, the buttery it's, nipple. It's, uh, Thank you for derailing this conversation. Yeah, I'm going to be silent for the rest wait, wait, of the we podcast. Can, yeah, we can, we can have to start making a list. Yeah. yeah. Your first book and then this book, do you think they're you know, sort of based upon your experience running Clyde Common, your, your award-winning bar? My uh, award-winning bar? It's based on my experience as a bartender. I've been doing this for 22 years full-time. Wow. I still do it. Uh, in no. Portland? All in, in Portland? Or no, or, I, or? I come from Eugene. I okay. started Tang Bar in Eugene, which is a college town south of Portland by about 100 miles. And I worked there for uh, 12 years, something like wow. that. 
then, so I've been in Portland for about I see, 10. I see a lot of your Eugene experience in this There's book There's a ton also. of, because I worked in like college bars right. and dives right. and like real bars, you know, Portland gave me a lot of experience with like kind of fancy bars, but Eugene is where I learned about like drinking. And, <laughs> right, for sure. And I mean, and Clyde Common, which is in the East Hotel, right? Uh-huh. But when and that opened, how long ago? It seems. They opened in 2007. I was not there at the time. I was still in Eugene. I didn't come in until year 1.5. And uh, they had already had, I think, three bar managers in that time. <laughs> wow. How do you think the clientele has changed in the rules they need at, say, Clyde Common from when you started there till now? I mean, I, I know how the clientele has changed in bars in general mm-hmm. over the past 20 years. I'm not going to talk are there, about are what kind of rules the regulars at Clyde Common right. need. Are, are, right. are, there, are there posted rules? Like a, a no, 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 no. That's that's another rule. There's yeah. no rules. Bar rules is a fairly new phenomenon. The original rules were... No shirt, no shoes, no service, right? Yeah, or don't swear was in uh-huh. many bars. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's yeah. like we're, right. we're trying to have a nice bar here. Yeah. Or, that, or no women allowed no, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, no that religion was big, or yeah. politics. No black know. people allowed. Right. Those yeah, were very common a, in American yeah. bars, rule, yeah. Yeah. which is, you know, not all Thankfully, rules are good by yeah. any means. Yeah. Thankfully, a lot of those rules are gone. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in the, in the modern era, we've morphed into probably thanks to Sasha Poskrovsky and, and mm-hmm. Milk and Honey in New York where he had – you know, he opened up, you know, sort of the, one of the proto-craft cocktail bars. And I guess depending upon who you ask or the story, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, what I've always heard was that, you know, his, the co-op board or the owner of the building didn't really want to rent him the space except, you know, for him to agree to the fact that, like, there'd be no sign, there'd be no telephone, there'd be no line outside. Mm-hmm. Like, they would kind of, you know, try to limit the number of people yeah, there to keep the sound yeah, he down. Wa- he wanted his clientele to be quiet because he didn't want trouble with the owner. Right. But also, at the time, almost all bars were like kind of woohoo bars. Uh-huh. Right. You know, those were the bars that everybody knew, coming from the 70s, coming from singles bars. And Sasha was, I mean, Sasha had a varied experience. He'd been in the Army. Right. He'd done a bunch of different things. He wanted a respectable He wanted bar. a respectable grown-up people's bar. He was no Tom Cruise. He was uh, no Tom no. Cruise. <laughs> and he just thought that stuff was dumb and, and kind of obnoxious. Right. Now, is there room for those bars? Still, yes. But... He did something kind of important. And I think that kind of morphed where people, you know, he had these rules literally posted out of necessity. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that sort of developed where you had other bartenders and other bars like, you know, our friend Jimmy Hans Bar PDT mm-hmm. in New York, you know, literally had typed up rules, I think, in the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. They still do, you know, and, and a lot of it, you know, it sort of evolved from, you know, the, you know, no yelling, no, you know, some of the rules were like no hitting on. You know, single women at the bar, no star fucking, you know, all these crazy. It went from mm-hmm. almost the practical to the, I don't know, the theoretical mm-hmm. <laughs> or what they Yeah, I know. mean, after a while, I, I always, you start to see them kind of becoming no fun of any kind. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and that's a problem, too. Yeah. Right. A lot of them came from a good place. but mm-hmm. and, um, and for a specific bar. Right. You know, they weren't for every bar. Right. If you have a large bar in a in a busy area and you're putting like Sasha Petrosky rules in there. That's it's kinda the not wrong fun. bar for that. Yeah, yeah. That's the wrong that's, bar. Yeah, it's the and, wrong bar. And I think the problem also is is that a lot of the consumers coming into these bars started, you know, adapting these rules or coming up with all these crazy rules for drinking cocktails or scotch or single malt and suddenly you have layers upon layers of rules. Now, that now it's like, guests 
telling other guests how they're supposed to be drinking. That's certainly one of the things that I like really wanted to address in the book. It's always men. There's a whole section on gender drinking. It's always right, men. Right. It's always men telling other men or other women how to drink, you know, how to drink their whiskey. They're drinking the wrong right. whiskey. They're drinking their gin the wrong way. They don't know. You're drinking that you out know. of a cocktail glass and that doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why I'm are the, you doing I'm that? The, I'm an elevated drinker. You yeah. know, I've been reading books on cocktails. I've been, you know, I know what I'm, I, mm. you know, so I'm going to tell, oh, you're having your whiskey on the rocks. Uh, you're having a pink drink, man. Have any, has anybody quoted your first book to you, not realizing that you wrote that book? Yes and no. I mean, I have a great story. I was in a bar, uh, you know, kind of a craft cocktail-y bar and and uh, I, you know, I was with a friend and uh, she introduced me and the guy was like, I know you from somewhere. This is actually not really related to the rules, but it's a great story. He's like, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And he kind of circled back and, and, you know, it just, it, it was like really right. bugging me. He like knew, he knew who I right. was. And, and I went to the bathroom and I came back. And when I came back, he's got this look on his face and he's like, I figured it out. And sitting in my place was a book with a Sharpie on top of it. And he was like, I would love it if I could get your signature. You know, it's really, this book has like mm -hmm. made a huge difference in, in my life. Was it the right book? It was, uh, so I signed, this is not my book, Jeffrey Morgenthaler, in the Death and Company cocktail book, oh. which was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I've signed uh, Dale DeGroff's yeah. book as Dale DeGroff before. Completely. <laughs> Can you Completely. With the martini. The, yeah, 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 yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a <laughs> you know, I, I think we've almost we've reached that point where it's like in that scene in Annie Hall where like the guy. I, yeah, that's exactly what thing. I think about. Yeah, oh, yeah you yeah, know yeah. nothing of my work. Right, you know, Marshall McLuhan. <laughs> Marshall comes McLuhan. Out, yeah. yeah, it's like how dare you? You know, the guy's like, I'm a professor. You know, it's like, exactly. Uh, and that's I, I almost feel like you know that's going to happen to one of you. Where I, that has happened to. to me actually with people. Somebody at the bar is spouting off all this history of some drink and and making a real kind of spectacle right. out of themselves. And, you know, you're not making it right. This is blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Wandrich says, excuse me, <laughs> yeah. I actually don't say that. Yeah, exactly. Actually exactly. read the book because right. I'm sitting right here. Right. I've seen that online where people are like, Jeffrey Morgenthaler hates vodka and you're yeah. an idiot for drinking vodka. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, there's a bottle of vodka that? in my freezer right yeah. now. Like, shut right. Up. I mean, I think a lot of what you're talking about in the book and in the story that Wayne Curtis um, wrote about it when it came mm -hmm. out is that they don't want to come to the bar to drink anymore. They want to come to the bar to discuss what they're drinking. It's so rough. That's the one thing that's like really changed uh, for me in the past 20 years behind the bars. People used to come into the bar and have a drink and talk about music or talk about sports right, or talk right. about like the neighborhood or whatever. And now people come into a bar and sit and talk about the drink that they're drinking. It's a cocktail appreciation club. It really is. And yeah. it gets, and, and, and one of the rules is not necessarily don't do that, but as a bartender, it's really tiring. I mean, I've been listening, like it's the <laughs> same conversation a hundred times a night the it's, past decade. It's basically it, like dinner theater. I mean, you've gone from almost being is. like invisible, right? Where yeah. you mm -hmm. just drop off the drink and like people would wait for the bartender to leave to resume their conversation to the fact that they now want you to perform. Exactly. To talk about chartreuse exactly. or and whatever. I, I just, you know, and I, I really missed that side of bartending. And it was just like, here's your drink. You're going to make it well. No, whatever it was. Right, you know, right, right, right. Vodka tonic, gin right. tonic, gin tonic, whatever make it well and then let's just not talk about it again until you need another one yeah. you know but like if it's slow and you want it and you you want to talk about like history sure. of things sure i'll talk and, about and, it and i and i'm not saying i don't like talking right. about that stuff i've obviously been writing about this stuff for the past 15 right. years but it's not just <laughs> 
you at the bar. It's no, you and everybody exactly. else at the bar that wants to talk yeah, to you about Yeah, if people drinks. start trying to pin me down to talk about history, I'll right. put them on hold when I'm, when I'm, I'm just tired behind of the bar and I'll go and talk to like somebody else about something else just to show that, you know, we don't have to just talk about this. I bought a, I comped half a round or half a, a tab for these two women that were in last week that, because they just, they sat down, they ordered fancy drinks and then we sat and talked about music for no, 45 love minutes yeah. and I was just like, yeah. God bless you. I'm going <laughs> to assume they called Jerry Thomas the professor, not because he held forth on the history of cocktails at his bar yeah. in between rounds. Yeah, he, he, he might have a little bit. <laughs> Things change. Behind, behind, you know, this culture. Right now, we've got a lot of geeks, but even that's starting to get squished down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I see uh, there, there are a lot of bars. Uh, uh, there are several here in New York and elsewhere where they're starting to move away from the geekery and go back to a little more the hospitality, the 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 the, the, the amusing conversation, yeah. the, the jokes. A place like Ticonderoga Club, for instance, in uh, in in Atlanta where they've got like a fake history of their club and oh, yeah. they've got all this amusing stuff and they've got like the ritual of the captain's chair. There's one captain's chair at the bar. <laughs> and so that's kind of fun. And I think even for your book, which is theoretically a book of rules, like you get to a point where there are no rules, right? I mean, yeah. Like, and I, I mean, there are some rules. <laughs> Don't, don't don't be an asshole at the bar, right. yeah. you know. They're definitely or, or rules. We're paring down the rules, too. Yeah. Paring down the rules. I mean, back to Sasha Petrosky, like, that was a very important moment in the history of bars when that happened and those rules went up and things, everything sort of changed. Well, those rules like, were, were basically aimed at people who didn't know how not to be an asshole behind the, exactly, at the bar. Exactly, exactly. You know, because there there'd been 20 years of bartenders had given up, especially bar owners, weren't enforcing like the rules well and people i think other bars have sort of bastardized his original rules and it's like you know no hats inside well like okay you know it's like not 1840 (laughs) like if you really know if you want to wear a hat like we can just judge you from a fashion perspective but like you know there's not not like a rule you're not messing up the bar yeah you're not gonna screw up the whole bar because you're wearing a fucking hat i I think spurs on the other hand yes that's always should be bad for sure spurs are pretty bad yeah we can all agree on that i mean a lot of those i think a lot of those things um you know and i think he got it he he was getting to something with the you know don't approach a woman if you didn't arrive with her rule that really is a, a more general rule that's like be respectful. He wanted women to be able to drink in peace at his bar without getting hit on. A, by... a successful bar is one where a yeah. woman can come sit by herself, read a book, and, exactly. and not have right. to deal with just a bunch exactly. of shitheads. You know? Exactly. I think sometimes you know a lot of what what you do, Dave, is sort of debunk you know people's presumptions about what bars were like a mm-hmm. hundred years ago and. I think we all have this idea of this mythical bar that existed, you know. This erudite right, gentleman's right. club where right. everybody was like, being, yeah. Probably <laughs> I mean, I'm like, they were rolling dice for drinks. Rolling right. dice. It still smelled like piss in there. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and they drank pink drinks and stemmed glasses. Exactly. Right. And that was not a problem for them yeah. at right. all. That's another one that we just yeah. With egg white foam. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. It was manly to drink all that. And that, yeah. nobody thought about it. Yeah. Because who cared. else would drink it? I mean, That's a big pet peeve of mine, the stem. You know, the, the gender, guys, the, the gender. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I had a, I was, I was in LA and we were, I was hosting a dinner and this guy said, I love margaritas. I said, great. So do I. He said, but I don't like the glass. I said, oh, what's the glass? Like the, you know, what like a stem. Like the cactus like, glass? Or, or any kind of stemmed. I don't like, I don't like having to drink it out of a stem glass. Okay. 
And this was like a very manly man. Like mm-hmm. he was like way more ripped than I am. I mean, I'm pretty ripped, and he yeah, was you're yeah. huge. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much yeah, Lou here, pull. and he was like the the rock. And but like literally, he was really. And I was like, you like you were worried about not yeah. seeming yeah. manly enough. I was like. Well, why don't you just order well, it in a rocks glass? Yeah, you can if, just if, say margarita and rocks, and you can just skip the whole conversation about how you don't know was, how to use a glass. His mind was blown. I was like, <laughs> and if you really wanted to go crazy, you could have it with mezcal, and that would oh, be this. You could you could or, have the smokiest bomb of a margarita, and like nobody would ever question. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. In your manhood, or you could just have a regular margarita and enjoy it, and like not you give a there. shit about right. what anybody thinks about what you're doing, <laughs> yeah. which I find to be, you know, also. Also well, the, right. quite butch. The other one, the other one that I that drives me crazy is not necessarily like the the um, emasculating quality of that glass. It's the uh, I'll just spill it everywhere. I don't know how to use that glass. You're yeah. Like you should have been practicing this right. in college. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, you should absolutely. know how to use a glass. Okay, you're a grown person. I mean, I grew up drinking in uh, old man bars in New York, and if you ordered a martini, which had the most alcohol in of any drink in the in the place, and uh, the bartenders knew how to make because they were old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came in a in a stem right. glass, and I learned how to Full drink to those. The top. Yeah, yeah, I learned how to drink those while being heavily intoxicated. Absolutely, because yeah. I was drinking those. Right, yeah. you should know how to. You use should a know glass. how to. You do should that. know how to use a, a knife and a fork as well. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah, that's being an adult. That's just being I mean, a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man or woman. That's just yeah. being a grown. up. You should know how to use uh, basic place settings. You should know how to use a glass. Right. You should know how to, uh, you know, drive a stick shit. That's. You know, that's my, uh, yeah, see, thank you. you know, uh, yeah, sorry. We're back with rules. <laughs> right. We're back with rules. We, 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 we almost, oh, we God, almost had it here, down. Manning Josh. You, should, you know, yeah. yeah. In New York, nobody knows how to drive a car right. here. We're not, right. certainly not a manual. I can steal a subway train. Right. I'll bet you can. <laughs> Sometimes reading, you know, your book and some of the anecdotes, they almost seem, you know, made up. Like, who would believe that nobody could use a martini glass? But I imagine... Most of these things, if not all of them, have come from actually. I've not made any of these stories up. Yeah, you don't need to make stories. Or maybe, up maybe I would time. want them to be made up. I don't want to believe that they're true. You don't <laughs> want to believe half the right. crap that goes on out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. I mean, it's 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 where people can be their best and their worst in a bar. And you don't want to judge people, but you want them to to kind of be better sometimes. You know, because uh, yeah. you see them often, as you said, you see them at their worst. I want them to treat themselves better. I want them yeah. to treat their their neighbors better and my coworkers better. Do you have a favorite story in the book that that led to, you know, one of your your rules or the monkey? One of them it? is the um, the story about uh, just sort of the, it's the warning of how careful you should be with my gallon of margaritas recipe. <laughs> and it's a very detailed account of a bunch of bartenders out in the woods drinking these margaritas like they were, like they're going to take right. them away. Mm-hmm. And, and, Ooh, that, that could get and how, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, here's a really great recipe for a gallon of margaritas for your party. Right. And then I say, but be careful because they're dangerous. And then I go on for two pages and tell you just how dangerous they are. Yeah, people aren't used to that. You know, no. they're used to a lot of mix and just a little bit of margarita. Yep. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That was one of my favorite ones, right? <laughs> do you do you think that you know, as you you're you know traveling around the world, you know, going to different bars, you know, uh, doing you know 
guest bar shifts on occasion. Uh, <laughs> you, uh-huh. <laughs> doing bar shifts. Your favorite thing. My favorite thing. Yeah, guest bar shifts. Do you? Do you? Do you that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. We'll get to that episode sometime later. Um, is you know, are the rules that you see like drinkers and bartenders observing in in other countries? You know, are they different than than America, or or has the like sort of milk and honey? set of rules, you know, gone viral. That, that has gone viral. That is pervasive in every sort of, you know, self-proclaimed craft cocktail bar That in and the, the Edison bulb. And that uh, and the Edison bulb. And uh, yeah, it's almost like I don't even really, I don't really drink that much. So I don't really anymore. So, you know, when I first kind of started traveling, exploring bars, it would be like 10, hit 10 craft cocktail bars. Mm-hmm. You know, this is back in 2008, sure. right? Yeah. Like, where it was just like, could, I'm could... so excited to go to London. Like, let's hit every single cocktail right. bar here. You and that would be And you can do it. Yeah. And now it's like, and now it's like when I go to a city and I come home, people say, oh, did you go to, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so? And, right. and, and, I, and I, you know, I don't want to appear like disenchanted, but like, they're sort of all the same. You know, it's a cookie cutter. The, the rules and the drinks and the, and, you know, I just, um, yeah, they're they're sort of worldwide. They're they're kind of all the same. There's one thing though that that I've noticed, which is kind of interesting, and I might just be wrong about this, which has obviously been known to happen uh, <laughs> on a daily rarely, basis. Rarely, rarely. One effect of this kind of rules culture that I think is a positive thing is in craft cocktail bars. I don't see a lot of people heavily intoxicated. I see people mm-hmm. drink a lot, but they know that they're not supposed to behave really drunk so they kind of keep a little more control on themselves than i see in other bars i'm gonna agree with you and disagree with you i'm gonna agree with you in that like yes i and and part of the reason why i moved up into Mm -hmm. nicer bars Mm -hmm. was because i was tired of having my life threatened by very dangerous drunk people you know and i wanted to i wanted to be more of a bartender than a policeman so i i would agree that like the nicer bars do have less kind of problems with with well, just overt overt like but i all sloppy drunk yeah but i I will also disagree with you in that i would wager that you probably aren't going to a lot of these bars on a friday or saturday i was just going to say friday or saturday night as dave wondrich that you're probably going there i'm a little too smart to go there yeah exactly and you know better so i remember kenta goto saying that years ago at pegu and he was like I don't work Saturday for a reason. Yeah. Like there's, you should come here on a Saturday. And they do, like, it's less, yes, but they are guzzling down are $14 guzzling, yeah. cocktails yes, like right. they're going out of style. And they're, you know, I like have treating been, them I like have shots. Been in over the over the many years. For sure. Uh, often enough to remind me not to do it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah there you see problems. Yeah. So I, I, I agree and disagree. Like, you know, in general, for the most mm-hmm. part, yeah, they're, they're, they're less problematic than, than well, hard drinking clubs or anything I mean, I think it's a, the people like have kind yeah. of internalize the rules of like uh, I got to remember to behave here. Right. Yeah. I mean, but those are the people who come in those are the people who are regulars who come not on Friday or Saturday. That's exactly right. On Friday yeah. or Saturday you get the newbies and the uh, and I would say that the, the occasional the, drinkers and uh, yeah. those people are trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the fail safe though I think is that a lot of the cocktails are smaller, right? The glasses yeah. are... Yeah, but they're much stronger. They're mm, much they're stronger. stronger, yeah. Because yeah. we were pouring like ounce and a quarter shots at the veterans hall that yeah. I was working at in the, in the <laughs> early 2000s. And yeah. we're pouring, you know, you can get a I mean, a highball would be an ounce and a quarter Hell yeah. watered scotch. Remember and, those uh, You remember those ounces. little martini glasses yep. that were like this tall yep. that you yep. filled with the brim? That yep. was like maybe two right. and a half ounces, you know, shaken. Stronger but smaller though. Something. I mean, yeah. like compared. Well, they to, are smaller. They are. Yeah. Well, the 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 birdbath martinis. Right. Are, exactly. Those are gone. 
Fortunately, yeah. In, yeah. in many places are gone. Yeah. I, think I was in PDT with a friend, and he was like, "These drinks are tiny." Yeah, and he was like, "What? Well, I, you know, I just had like three of them. I'm like this is great." Uh, he's like, "I want more." I'm like, uh, "Just wait a stand minute." Up. And yeah, stand up. Yeah, stand up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, being, you know, at, at Little Branch and Lucinda mm-hmm. Sterling, who who now runs a number of bars in New York, shushing my group, you know, being mm-hmm. like. Keep it, and you know, we weren't particularly rowdy, but maybe you know, this was seven o'clock at night. We were a little, a little, a little enthused, a little say. enthused, yeah. And she was like, shh, shh you know, keep yeah. it. And, and it, I appreciate it when you're there on like a date or you're right. trying to have a conversation, but when you are with a group, it, it, at least in New York, it gets hard. Like, it's one of these things where it almost like, you know, people want a bar recommendation, I have to give them a survey. What do you like to drink? How many people? Are you going to be loud? Are you going to like one food? Mm-hmm. Are you going to like, are more people going to come later? Because that's a problem. If you're, are you all going to be on time? Like, am I going to, yeah. that's like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Really, like checking oh, off yeah, all yeah, the yeah, right, right, right. of every bartender yeah. in New York. And it's like, yeah, here's your well, recommendation. You know, don't mention become, me. Become, right, exactly. They've kind of become nightclubs. Right. You know, and, and they're not, a lot of them are not cool with that. But they've become like the the cool version of nightclubs, mm-hmm. and they, and they're they they haven't quite evolved to 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 meet that demand necessarily. The pretty people go there yeah, to see yeah. and be seen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. It's it's the place to go out, and on a Friday or Saturday, that's a place where you go with a whole group yeah. of people and uh, and uh, go to party and and meet people and all that. Because I mean, the nightclubs no longer get any press. No, uh, and they're closing. Other bars there. don't get any press. Yeah. Right. What gets press? Cocktail bars. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. that's. Yeah, they've 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 completely climbed to the top of the ecosystem. Or or, or yeah. say, for now, yeah, I would for now. say the adjunct to that is the whiskey bar with. You oh know, yes, absolutely. Like or or the, the or mezcal like plus right. You have to you know if yeah. you're gonna have a like a liquor spirit focused yeah. bar, it has to be so over the top where you have a wall of you know every possible. God, I would hate to work in one of those places. I, I don't even know how you'd keep it all straight. Like uh, I don't, uh, you know, well, or, that and just like the clientele, must the be collectors, <laughs> yeah, the collectors and the I don't know what it is. You like you say mezcal, like I don't know what it is about mezcal drinkers that have to like announce to the world that they're drinking mezcal. I'm having mezcal. Well, because I'm much better I'm, informed than I'm you are. I'm much better informed than you are. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so. you know, it I remember the the single malt guys in the in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. They were the same way, you know, they're just like, you much know, what do you what do you have for scotch? You're like, I have Johnny Walker Black Label. They're like, garbage. I only drink single malt mezcal or single malt scotch. Can can we make another <laughs> rule that if you ask what we have for scotch, we tell you three scotches and you have to drink one of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we decide. We decide. Well, we can't say what else, what else you have. Right. <laughs> yeah. Drink one of these, then I'll tell you three more. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we don't have a list. No, we don't have a list. Yeah. No, you can't see that bottle. Oh, God. <laughs> Boy, is there, is there one rule, if you could enact it for, for all bars, what is there one cardinal rule besides don't be an asshole that you think uh, that most of the bars should have? I mean, the you know, it sounds trite, but treat everybody in the bar, you know, staff and, and guest with respect is the one that I see violated the most often. So many times it's the staff is here to serve me. The rest of the guests are here for my enjoyment. You know, I'm I'm to be the, the center of attention. And, and it's just it makes for a really, really hard uh, night. I've got people like that that, that aren't mindful of the other people in the room, you know, I mean, especially you can, the people that are working really hard. 
you could say treat everybody like your friends, but then you see how these people treat, they treat their friends, friends like shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, I don't want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Sasha's thing. Is like uh, his his rule was. Uh, I mean, I think your your rule is is absolutely correct. You know, his rule is like, don't bring anybody here who you wouldn't leave at home in your house. Right. Well, some of these people, they're leaving terrible people at home. Terrible people at home, yeah. 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 That's it. That would be, that's the rule that I see violated most often is is just general kindness to others. Yeah. Um, You see that violated in all kinds of bars. Patience. I would like to see more patience, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, we're working really hard to get to you as quickly as we can. And, uh. You know, trying to trying to pull a scam, get a, get get ahead of the other guests, trying to you know wave something in somebody's yeah. face to get a drink so that you can get one faster. You know, trying to so every sort of trick in the Wait, book. Wait, that doesn't just, work. Waving money in your face. Doesn't, no, no, yeah, no, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. Mm. Dave and I are going to have to find new tricks. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, how the hell am I going to get a drink next time? <laughs> yeah, because uh, they always come to me last. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like banging on the bar top. That's my favorite. Yeah, waving, holding your hand up over your head and waving as somebody runs by with a tray. I mean, I think in some ways also, hopefully, as we pull back on some of these complicated drinks, that the bartenders will have more time to make drinks. You know what I mean? Like, we got to a point where so many bartenders... So many of these drinks were so complicated and took so much time to make. Well, that was a that's a crappy bar though. If it was a if it was a bar where the drink really took that much time, yeah. that was that was somebody that didn't know how to run a bar and put enough people on staff or run a menu. You know, that wasn't that's not. And uh, yeah, you you do see it a lot in in bars that have. But those very are shitty bars. Reputations. Oh well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> well, you I mean, the tweezer mixology where where every garnish is. is but that's great. That, what I'm saying is like yeah. that is that is great. You have to execute yeah. it quickly. Yeah, you do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you do. you're a shitty bar. Yeah. I'm not thinking. Look, I mean, employees only. You know, on a Saturday night at three in the morning, those bars guys are fast. Banging seven it out. deep, and yeah. everybody has a drink. I, I had to uh, make drinks once at a table next to Dushan. Oh God. And I was moving fairly fast because I had a simple drink and I was prepared. Mm -hmm. But man, he was making like twice as many drinks. And and and, and I couldn't even see how he was doing it. He he seemed to be doing the same stuff I was doing. Yeah. 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 And Dushan and Jason, the founders of Employees Only, I mean, they had come from a kind of nightclub, high volume, Pravda, New York, where they were used to dealing with crowds and. And a lot of the new bartenders don't have the background that, that you have, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, working in all types of bars. And the only type of bar that they know is a craft bar. Like, they don't – like, that kind of speed and the experience of working, satisfying a lot of different guests at one time is something that they never learn. Which is great if they want to have a five-year career. But mm-hmm. I think right. that if you want to have a long-lasting – I mean, part of the – I think part of the reason why I'm still here today is just because bartending has always been what I do for a living. Right. So whether it's mixology or speed or whatever, I'll right. just be doing it. Flare. You flare. Well, I can't do that because I'm too uncoordinated. <laughs> I would like to, but I'm, I'm not. That's a enough. special kind of tweezer mixology, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. That really Cause is because you're because you're, you're doing stuff that takes extra time. Yep. Right. You know, yep. to, for a show, and, and you better have an extra. You better double the staff. If exactly. You're have a bunch of people exactly. juggling shit like exactly like clowns. And a, and a budget for a lot of broken glassware. Mm-hmm. If I'm on no, duty, no, a good, a good, a if good I'm on duty, oh, totally. I break everything. Break yeah, well, well, you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what's that, man. <laughs> but the borrow do packed. It's like NASCAR. Everybody would come to see it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, people go out by. Uh, 
Jeffrey's book, uh, Drinking Distilled, a user's manual. It really is a lovely and amusing book. Thank you. We'll be back with a new episode of Life Behind Bars soon. In the meantime, uh, we'll go out and get some drinks. I'll show some flare moves. Dave will... Give a wave his hands at the bartender. Flash uh, a little money. money in each one of them. I'll Absolutely. pull an Irish go goodbye and sneak out the back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect night. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 